Hello there, everyone, and welcome to TapCap Transmissions, our Star Wars book club podcast thingy. Uh, in today's wow. episode, we're going to be talking about MedStar 2 Jedi Healer, following up on our discussion on MedStar 1. MedStar uh, 2 Electric Boogaloo. Battle Cert, yeah, that was the that was a rejected title. It actually uh, works perfectly with it, too, so. Yeah. Joining me, as always, is my cozy co-host... Mr. Eckhart's Justin Ladder. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I I read a book. It was a it was a book. How did you feel about the book? Oh man, this book like I meant to start reading it last night. I got all cozy on the couch. I had my little blanket up on me and stuff. Had the book in my I had sorry, I had the Kindle in my hand. <laughs> Fell asleep. <laughs> so nice. I've been reading it all day today. Um it's a little bit longer than the last one. I was or a little bit shorter than the last one, I mean. I think so. It wasn't too uh, arduous or anything, but yeah, yeah. The uh, I think both of these have been fairly short, and mm. uh, my hair's like up. Your hair, looks, your hair looks good. It was like Philip J. Fry style. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So the it's weird for us to just get straight into the book. Should we delay? For well, a few yeah, minutes? yeah. I mean. Just let's let's you know we don't got to get straight to business. I feel like we should say hello. We should talk about news. There's lots in the Star Wars world to talk about right That's, now. Any uh, anything particularly catch your interest in the last two weeks? I mean, we've got we're what a week away from the Mandalorian. I think. Yeah, uh, is that the? F- I thought it was the fourth. We're the fourteenth. Terrible Star Wars fans. The fourteenth would be a week away. Uh, no, that's Fallen Order. See, no, I keep getting it messed up with the Fallen yeah. Order release date, which it's Mandalorian on the 12th, Fallen Order on the 14th. Yeah, it's going to be a very busy uh, So after, yeah, next weekend I'm going to be like just streaming Fallen Order all night on Thursday. Yeah, but, yeah me too. Um, watch mine, guys. Don't watch this. Watch no, both. you can watch both. But um, I don't know, there's been um, the trailer. I was... I've always been pretty excited for the Mandalorian, but I feel like the earlier trailers weren't really hooking me. Like I was like, okay, it looks great, but like I think that's part of it was the fact that like there's like really no um, sort of hint of what's even going to go on, which is kind of cool as well. But these last three trailers, like they've released like three teasers over the past couple of days, and both of them have got me really pumped for the show. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. The uh, I'm I'm hoping partially that it'll be the Star Wars sitcom that I've been kind of mm. waiting for it, it started now that there's more like action stuff in the trailers it's probably not going to be that but i can always hold out hope maybe that'll be obi-wan but yeah, uh but yeah, yeah I definitely th- more likely to be obi-wan and like he's got like a jawa for a neighbor who like gets into lots of hijinks and stuff and then luke is like the dennis the menace character <laughs> the neighbor kid that just comes over yeah i can see it there you go but, um, uh, what about call order though how are you feeling about that game uh, I haven't had the chance to play it yet, so we should really just be getting your thoughts on this so far, Mr. Game Changer. Um, if you applied, I bet you you would get in. I'll put in a good word for you, but um, yeah. So I get to play it for about three hours, and to be honest, I am pretty, I'm pretty pumped about it. Um, like it, it's not going to be revolutionary. It's just a, it's a very tight action game, and it's gonna, it's a very it seems to be a very competently made action game, um, which. Really, Star Wars, it's been so long since we've had something that's just, like, very, very good. I don't need, like, the, you know, the the Half-Life 2 or the Halo 3 of Star Wars games, like, something that changes right. 
the industry or anything. I just want something that's really, really good. And it seems like this is going to be the game. Um, I also think that there's a lot that we don't know about it yet. Um, I just I, I think that they've purposely held a lot back, even what they've shown us. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd be excited cool. if I were you guys. But don't pre-order. It's not worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, I tend to pre-order stuff now just because if it's stuff that I'm intending to stream or whatever, because I'm going to have oh, to get yeah. it anyways. Yeah, but I, I always recommend people like don't don't do that. Um, I got the game The Outer Worlds with my new uh, CPU. Yeah, have you heard How's of that? that? Is that where does that fit in the Star Wars timeline? It's um right after the Battle of Yavin. Okay, in the corporate sector. That's why everything is a little weird. Um, I didn't. It didn't really catch me. I played it for like two or three hours, and I just uninstalled it because I was like, I'm probably never gonna. I don't have that much time for gaming, so I'll probably never jump back into it. I don't Were know you why. ever into like uh, Elder Scrolls or Fallout or anything? Yeah, I love both of those games. Hmm. Um, it was kind of like for me, it was like the thing I love most about Fallout, especially and Elder Scrolls too, is it starts you off, um, and you have like this whole world to explore. You know? Yeah. Like. This game, it feels like it's when you start off, it points you very clearly because you're on planets, right? So the, the individual planets are much smaller and it feels like it it's pointing you directly towards one way and like you can't just kind of explore and stuff. Um, and I didn't find the story very compelling. I didn't really like the art style. So I just knew um, that I wouldn't be playing it too much. So I just went for the old uninstall. Too much coming up. Maybe, maybe in the future. Yeah. Uh, I haven't actually gotten it yet, but... I I'm not sure if I will. I I still haven't beaten Skyrim, uh, so no spoilers on that. But <laughs> there's dragons. I did not. I, I didn't beat Oblivion until the weeks uh, Skyrim came out. Skyrim has like as much story as these two books combined. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, Healer is kind of the same as as Battle Surgeons in that it's it is more focused on characters than plot. Yeah. There isn't really a lot that happens in the book. Even more uh, so, I'd say. Yeah, and we talked a lot about the themes of Battle Surgeons, and I I do think we're going to talk a lot about that with uh, mm. Jedi Healer as well. This will probably be a shorter episode, yeah. uh, just letting everyone know, because it is that kind of book. It There's a fair amount to talk about, but we don't need to go yeah. through like point by point on everything that, that happens in the book, because very little does. Yeah. And, um, sorry, go ahead. go ahead. Nope. No, I was just going to say... Yeah, you're right. And like it doesn't really set up any new plot lines either. I guess yeah. there's one regarding the romantic relationship that it sort of sets up, but other than that, it's like it kind of is mostly just, you know, putting things together. It's it's a lot more uh about the characters, which I was kind of sad when I read this book cuz I was like, man, I would love for there to be like a whole series just like continuing these characters but like the part of the reason why i think medstar is so good is because it doesn't overstay its welcome the duology yeah. doesn't um it's like a very um it's, it's hard to explain even though they're like in these really terrible circumstances they're on this shithole planet in the middle of a war it's like it the the circumstances are so like not likable in a way it's like almost like they talk about like bonding un under adversity and stuff and like the characters the way they interact is just so good and there's like a they, they like kind of make like a little family and stuff but yeah. you know part of the reason why it is so special is because they're on this planet and then at the end they they leave and that's it really yeah so much of star wars is like 
the super-powered galactic elites doing these things, but one of the things that makes MedStar MedStar is that the characters aren't special. Like yeah. you, you do get like Barris in there, and she's obviously a Jedi, but she's not the most notable of Jedi, and no. she's a Padawan still. No. Uh, you get like I five is notable for a droid, but other than those tie-ins to the other series that. Uh, I think that's Michael Reeves. I'm not sure if it's Michael Reeves or Steve Perry that does Coruscant Nights and and the Darth Maul book where I-5 is from. Mm -hmm. But uh, until they start showing up in those other things, this is really just a a slice of life kind of Star Wars experience. Exactly, yeah, slice Uh, of life. Yeah. So there's an entire, like you can read through, you could could edit this book to be a not, if you removed like Barriss and made everyone human, which I guess the droid would have there'd be issues with that. I mean, you could make this an, a not Star Wars book and just a regular slice of life like mash time pretty easily. Yeah, and um, we talked a lot about how the themes in the last book were uh, identity, talking about how the clones uh, yeah. fit into society or fit into at least Joss's idea of identity, yeah. and uh, a lot about Joss's position where how he related to Corellian society and, mm-hmm. or at least his, it's it's kind of unclear. I, you were saying before that it's like, he's from a little uh, village on Corellia somewhere. This doesn't appear yeah, to be like a, a major Corellian thing or else Corin may have brought it up, but, uh, but there, the main thing was identity. And here it seems to be about loss, addiction and temptation is mm-hmm. the overarching theme there's actually a lot of so you get this stuff that happens in the Rimsu uh with the medical staff and you also get uh Caird's plot and Caird's plot does not matter. Nothing. No, it, yeah. Yeah, like early on in the book he sees Barris and he's, I'm I'm getting arrested apparently. I don't know if you can hear that. But, I can't yeah. Uh but yeah, so Caird thinks about whether or not he'd be able to kill Barris early on in the book. Mm-hmm. And that is the closest he comes to interacting with any other character yeah, than yep. Chloe, which he yeah. talk, who he talks to once. Yeah. And the whole thing is like, oh, can I make money? Here are these people I'm going to work with to make money. Oh, no, they're trying to blow me up. I didn't blow up. Bye, guys. I'll see you in Coruscant Nights or wherever. I think that's where he shows up again. <laughs> but like, you could cut every single chapter with Caird in this book out. It would make mm-hmm. no difference to the plot. But he does sort of fit into that... Uh, the themes yeah. about like he whether he's tempted by the money he wants to stay in for the money he gets blinded mm-hmm. by the money uh and that's always kind of going up against whether he should go for the money or yeah. for uh the family life that he's kind of thinking about now well i think another theme kind of that i got from him and we see this with basically every character is they're like in some sort of structure that they need to escape there's yeah. like there's the war. Uh, there's like being part of a crime cartel. There's like the family issue. Um, and some characters like Joss choose willingly to escape the structure. Some don't really have the choice. Like Caird is essentially getting his money so he can quit like the yeah. criminal life and go back to a, a more peaceful or go to a more peaceful life. Not that he hates being a criminal or anything. He's just, he's just ready to move on. Um, and then others like Den. Um, at the end, he basically decides, well, he's not really out of the game yet. He wants to stay in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think him and I-5 are both in Coruscant Knights again. Yeah. yeah. Um, Uli shows up in Death Star. 
Most mm-hmm. of the rest of the cast shows up in Coruscant Nights. Uh, Chloe is a like a smear on a carpet by the end. Uh, Tolkien Joss are done after this book. Yeah, which is kind of nice. Yeah, they got a they got a really happy ending. Yeah, they they had a strange middle. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll probably get into talking about how that was handled. A little cliche, I, I'd say. It's been done many times. The whole um, leaving your significant other for their best interest. Yeah. And then it turns out that it's not. <laughs> and we don't get any of Tolk's perspective for any of it. It's just uh, Uncle... So the replacement for Admiral Blade, it turns out to be Joss's uncle, who he sees mm-hmm. for the first time in surgery and this uncle had been disowned by his family for having mm-hmm. married someone who was exter or from outside of their society which is forbidden yeah and uh joss talks to uh is it er- errol uh yeah. errol Kerso. Errol, so i always yeah. want to like combine that but <laughs> errol keeps errol and joss have one conversation that we hear of really where yeah, Joss is asking Errol, do you regret it? And uh, Errol basically just says... Uh, he doesn't give him the died. answer Joss was hoping for. Yeah, his wife died six years afterwards. And he even says, like, I'm not going to be the one to make that choice for you. But yeah. then he makes that choice for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was... I was like, when he showed up, I was like, oh, man, this is like that. It was actually an interesting turn um, to have another sort of exile show up um i i guess the the thing with um you don't see much of her perspective i guess because it's setting her up to be one of the the uh two like main antagonists yeah. at the end like this book heavily hints because she's acting strangely um she's on the med star when it blows up um but i did figure out who it was before the yeah reveal. like the um, the big reason is to say that like oh talk is one of the suspects for the the spy but the the resolution to that and mm-hmm. even just finding out about it is i thought really anticlimactic like it's just a little bit barris yeah. getting the uh using the force yeah getting a for yeah getting a forced premonition that there's uh that there is a spy and they're gonna put the camp in danger and then she just uh mind checks tolk finds out <laughs> it's not tolk and she then cards has, him basically yeah then just says oh it's it's gotta be clo yeah and sees apparently like, I, how that conversation must have gone is Barris checks Tolk's mind, tells Tolk and Joss, and then is like, Joss closed a spy, got Zan killed. Oh, you're running mm-hmm. off. I wonder what you could be doing. I'm going to stand here and I guess let you do this. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why Barris wouldn't have gone with him. Yeah, because or... like, we don't really even know what she did. I guess, she, like, yeah, because it, it, you'd think it would have been her to to do the final confrontation, but yeah, or at I least go the, with go with Joss. Yeah, you know yeah. he's going to do it, and you know that she's like, or that. And you know he doesn't really spy. have. The, he's not really made of the right stuff to do what needs to be done. Yeah, probably. <laughs> or at <laughs> least stop him it. from getting shot himself. Yeah, which almost happens. I I, I actually kind of like that, where it's like we get the whole thing from close perspective, or like. Joss is waving his arms around. I could shoot him right now, but I'm not going to. I can talk my yeah. way out of this. And yeah. then eventually Josh just suits him. And when they're on the ship, it's like, damn, you were really lucky. Clo had this thing on it. You handled that perfectly. <laughs> yeah. He was going to yeah. shoot you. Yeah. The irony Close. there is nice. 
I will say I do like how they do the Chloe uh, reveal kind of passively. Like it's just like just like says Chloe who'd been going by these other names. You're like, okay, yeah, yeah. They make it pretty clear though when he's gone to the shuttle or when he's gone to the frigate um, during the bombing. That to me was a because I knew it had to be somebody because there's so many like people who can read minds. There's Jedi. There's like others. So I knew it had to be somebody with really strong mental powers. I knew it ha- was probably going to be a main character, or else the reveal wouldn't be satisfying. Um, so to me, it was either Klo or uh, what's her name. So I figured it was probably him. And then when we had a reason for her going to the shuttle, but not or going to the frigate, but not for him, it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty obvious, I guess. Yeah, and uh, there were just a few things that. Close said throughout the book as well that uh, both with respect to that there there was a I forget who the conversation was with actually it may have been Joss talking mm-hmm. about like things that happen in war and you have to uh, decide at one point that this is something you can live with right uh, and I thought that was a cool conversation especially knowing before then that right uh, that Chloe was column slash lens mm-hmm. uh but there was also a discussion that Chloe had with Joss uh, with about Tolk after. So what happens with Tolk is she gets called up to the MedStar to do some like nursing classes. Uh, but really so that uh, Uncle Errol can get a read on her. Classic this Uncle Errol. Person her. <laughs> who was like outside of Joss's family forever. And then I guess decides he gets the in-law seal of approval. Uh, the the dynamic there was kind of strange the whole time, and then they're just like, yeah. "Oh, you tried to sabotage us!" <laughs> Classic Uncle Harold. Uh, and like, oh, Give you're, me a hug. you're family now. Come back but, with me to Corellia. Yeah. So when she's up on the ship, uh, Chloe tries to or blows up at least some decks. I'm not sure exactly what the what the yeah. end goal there was. It just seemed like. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that either, to be honest. I'm not sure what that accomplished. It was just like breaking. I honestly, I don't even off. care. Like, yeah, m- most of the plot, I don't even really care because what I really enjoy about this book is, for one, just the unbelievable amount of drinking that goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, well, that's the yeah, coping just... mechanisms for Zan's yeah. death and PTSD. That was yeah. never really spelled out, but that was basically. It was, it's pretty clear. Like they've got nothing else to do besides basically go to the like that's the only way that they can not feel um just like completely overwhelmed by their work and their mm. their pain and whatnot but yeah. it, it there's also like the camaraderie too like it is yeah it is like actually getting drunk but another part of it is the camaraderie i think mm-hmm. um because everyone's always there um it's yeah. it's a mix of mash cheers yeah, exactly. I guess that makes Den Norm. I'm not. I'm not up on my Cheers lore. Wow, Norm the fat guy. Well, okay, not fat. Boomer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you can't call. You can't say Okay, Boomer for me. Like a Cheers reference. I'm pretty sure I can, and just did. Okay, Boomer. I do it's, know my. It's a very um, millennial thing to have stayed home from school and watched Cheers all day. Yeah. Um. I liked Frasier a lot. Okay. There was a while where Gus wasn't sleeping well. Well, not really. I guess it was when he was when we just he was still really young. Um, he used to wake up at weird hours, and I'd watch like an hour of uh, 
Frasier every night. Very mm-hmm. sophisticated. You probably wouldn't like it. It's a spinoff of Cheers, so. <laughs> I know that. W- yeah. I wasn't sure if that was the joke you were making, but. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so what I was going to say with, uh, with Tolk is that uh, Tolk goes up to the ship and when she comes back, she's very distant, which is mostly to set up for uh, the uh, the who who's the spy mm-hmm. situation. But Joss, Joss goes to talk to Chloe about it. And... Chloe even says, like, you need to think about this from her perspective. What could be it about the situation that, uh, or her past that is making it this way? Is it the PTSD and, or is it like, I'm not saying she did it, but (laughs) that would be one reason for her to, for her to go crazy. But it's also like, there is this place where Tolk can become a character, which she hasn't really been for both books. Yeah. She is kind of just a prop. And mm-hmm. then uh and then it's just resolved with like eventually Joss figures out, wait, no, this isn't this isn't about you. This has yeah. nothing to do with you. This is just my uncle being weird. So I'm gonna go talk yeah. to my uncle and then he's going to fix this thing that I don't know what he's I don't, I don't even go if it were me and my cutie pie GF were like about to break up with me and leave, I don't even think I'd bother talking to my uncle. I'd just be like, What did he say? <laughs> Yeah, they, like, they they were talking about how he was going to do that going in. Yeah. And then he never even thinks to be like, wait a no. minute. No, nope. which yeah, I, I mean, obviously the explosion didn't help with that, but no, it didn't. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Yeah. So one, one thing I was wondering, did you miss the uh, sort of medical uh, elements that the last book had? Because we get a bit of it in this book, but not nearly to the same extent. Uh, like we don't get nearly as many surgeries or medical emergencies or anything like that. Um, I kind of did because it, it it was what gave a lot of the context to what was happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it, it felt like it tied things together a bit more than we got in this book where uh, here everything was more tied to external events, but it also felt a bit more disconnected Yeah, where all these plots never really came together in any way. And it, it like the book isn't about the plots per se, but it would have been it would have helped uh, if the book had a plot. That would have been yeah. Nice. It also helped with like the char- like just character development, and it would have been nice to get more of Uli uh, and Joss because I kind of liked Uli as a character, but he's only really present for like the medical scenes, and those were much less frequent in this one. Yeah, um, yeah. And he gets a there's a bit of a rapport with him and Barris. Yeah, but yeah, uh, that doesn't really go too in depth. Like they, there's two main scenes with them together, where mm-hmm. first is the one where Barris cuts herself and he tends to her uh, cut on her leg and talks to her about a time that he'd uh, treated a or been around for the treatment of a Syrian Jedi, uh, so Coyote Mundi's species. Yeah, uh, as a guard on Alderaan. I wasn't sure if that was a reference to some prior story or not. I think so, but uh, I got the whole use of the like operating theater stuff. There was a short story that was between this and the last book, uh, mm-hmm. Medstar and Mezzo. Mm-hmm. And did you read that? No, I didn't. No. 
So I I looked through I read most of it and How long it was more it? skimming it. It's like five or six pages. It was in uh oh. but it it was in Insider, so it's magazine Insider, pages. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, it was a probably the equivalent of like ten, fifteen pages. Mm-hmm. Um but that was a lot more centered around the uh the main themes coming out in the operating theater mm-hmm. where it's primarily about uh Joss treating a Zab- another Zabrak who had actually been responsible for the hit on the shuttle they were in and killing Zan. Oh, uh, okay. So it, it got into a lot of the same themes of like loss uh, mm-hmm. Dealing with Zan's death and Healing. finally putting Joss towards going to see uh, Chloe and getting some kind mm-hmm. of therapy for it. Yeah. And I feel like that kind of tied in better uh, or tied everything up better than than Jedi Healer did. Right. So no, that, that makes sense. Yeah, I should read that because I really I really enjoyed this and just would have been nice. I mean. I'm glad it was a duology, but I just it's just such a cool little side story. Um, mm-hmm. And there's not that much like this in Star Wars. There's been nothing in the new canon at all like this, and there's very little in Legends. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm lo- I'm really looking forward to Death Star because Death Star is kind of like this too, in that it's about like there's like this greater thing going on, but it's kind of about the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, as much as I'm like complaining about the plot being not a plot. Uh, I really do enjoy the book overall, so I don't want to give the right the wrong idea with that. Right. Yeah. But that was just the main thing that stuck out to me, especially going back through and reading the notes. Or mm-hmm. I read the book uh, over the last few days, but I wasn't taking notes while I was reading it. Right. Instead, like afterwards, I went back through, uh, skimmed it all, and took notes that way. And as like doing it that way, it just stuck out to me. Uh, Especially with cared stuff, how mm-hmm. little any of it ended up mattering. It kind of reminds me in a way of like a Harry Potter book <laughs> that like the ending like happens and then there's like, but like between the beginning and the ending, there's like a, a million little plot threads that start and don't really matter. Um, and it's more about just like the day to day of these people in this interesting kind of uh, situation. Well, I, I think it'd be more comparable if the Harry Potter books played out exactly how they did, but <laughs> in addition to what happens every few chapters, you get a chapter about the Dursleys like making breakfast or something, and it just like no one ever mentions it again. Right? Yeah, that that's a good. Uh, I think that's a good comparison. Or if it was like, I guess it more if it was like the uh, some evil force that never gets i guess that's kind of like the dursley some evil force that never ends up doing anything <laughs> yeah they were just like the the greedy other characters who try to you just want more money and then uh at least harry goes back to stay with the dursleys most of the time and, and only for like two years isn't it yeah no he he's there for a bit of every book except for deathly hallows but that that we'll talk about that on tap Cow. Uh, or that he stayed at the dursleys Oh, or not the Dursleys, the uh, Weasleys. He goes there after a few weeks every summer, but like uh, the whole, okay. until his 17th birthday, they make sure that he goes to uh, the Dursleys. So until Dumbledore's dead, because that's important for the charm to work that protects him. But 
That's for three broomstick transmissions. God or damn, something. dude! You know, you know a lot more about Harry Potter. I've read you. those books so many times. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe that will be in the far future in twenty sixty five when the sun's <laughs> about to burn out and we finish the Star Wars EU. Twenty sixty five. Harry Potter. When the sun's Star about Wars. to burn. Out. Yeah. Bad things are going to happen. Um, yeah, Forty-five years until the sun explodes. I, I took some LSD and I saw it. So right. Um, you took. You injected some Boda straight into your force-sensitive veins. I, one thing I don't. Speaking of that, one thing I don't really like. So Boda is like the the main thing that's causing this conflict. It's it's this miracle drug. It has different effects on every species. Barris takes it and she like basically taps right into the force. And I, I didn't like that tap because right into the force tap caps right into the force. Thank you. I didn't really like that. And I would have preferred if it was just, she was like having LSD esque visions rather than actually increasing her force awareness. Uh, I, I can see that, but I do. I think it works better for the whole addiction and dark side parallels to have it yeah. actually be a thing that she's fighting against. Like you could probably still accomplish the same thing, having it just feel like she's getting that sort of power. And, yeah. But I th- I think it's it worked like, well how it was just to have it like she is yeah. truly tempted by something and then makes the the right decision. She doesn't feel like how the it. force works. Yeah, and that's the all the midi chlorians are just getting like super high. <laughs> a big midi chlorian orgy. Oh um, shit! When Qui Gon was saying Anakin had a really high midi chlorian count. Maybe that's not. Maybe it's not the amount of metachlorians. Maybe they are literally just high. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, Anakin's little slave hovel is like built on top of a uh, a boda. <laughs> a I mean, boda patch. We gotta we gotta go back and like watch Phantom Menace and see if like Shmi has like a little plant in the house <laughs> at any point. Like, oh my god, that's the boda. Before they go pod racing, Anakin. Just, yeah, like, of course. Inject. You see her sprinkling some shit on his like sand pancakes. Is Kitster his dealer? Kitster looks like he might be. <laughs> or the roadie. <laughs> That's why Kitster looks so sad when Anakin's leaving. Because he knows that he just That's lost. That's his best like, customer? A... That's his best customer, yeah. Damn. We're we're just breaking all the all the top stories tonight. Yeah. Um, but the uh speaking of Harry Potter, the uh the winter part, like they have like this own little winter chapter when the uh, like the shield generator starts malfunctioning. Yeah, making it snow. I thought that was pretty funny. So there's no real purpose other than than to just change up how the characters are feeling, which I kind of liked. Well, I, I think it might have been intended to like feed into the whole paranoia about like, oh, is the spy doing this? Is this going to be? Mm-hmm. Which which isn't something I thought about at the time. I'm just trying to think no. of now what purpose it kind of served. Yeah, and it did make uh, Teetle have to sacrifice herself so they could use her crystals to realign that was everything. Sad. I was bummed about that. I'm going through. I don't know if you saw on Twitter. But I'm going through a very hard moment in my life where my local bar is closing down. Oh and, yeah, I did see that. And yeah, I could, I could feel, I could feel the sadness of losing your, you know, your favorite drink dispenser. Well, I, th- I think the idea is more that she's also a person. Are they no, shooting? No, no, no. Are they shooting the bartender at your bar when it closes down? That would no, be a bit the, more. My favorite bartender is actually starting up her own bar. Okay, so um, it's like the opposite of what happens, I guess. Yeah, so you, you have I a do very first the, world problem here, I guess. I love the part when uh, 
I five is like she's beautiful when they meet Tito for the first time. They're like, what? Yeah. Are you serious? And he's like, no, but I got you, didn't I? <laughs> I-5 is fantastic. Yeah, he's great. I'm excited to read more. Oh, so are we actually just going to go to Coruscant Nights? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Thrawn can wait. We're doing Coruscant Nights. Uh, I yeah. have a guy who really wants me to do videos on the Grey Jedi, and I'm pretty sure they're from Coruscant Nights. So. Mm. Like, I, I had... I do own two of the Coruscant Night books, but I've never read them before. I got them in my attempt to collect all Legends novels recently, so I bought some used copies. I'm still missing one of them, but I had, like, no expectations going into them. Uh, but now, having read MedStar again and knowing that a lot of those characters are showing back up, I am a lot more yeah. looking forward to that. Totally. So. Maybe, like, midway through the Yuzhan Vong War, <laughs> when we need a reprieve. <laughs> We're too depressed because every character has been just brutally slaughtered. Yeah, right after Master Ikrit dies and Tahiri gets stolen, and yeah, maybe he'll be like, okay, let me return to Coruscant Nights, simpler times. I don't know if that's actually like a, a happy set of stories either, though. I don't know, yeah. It's just know. like, I don't think Jax Pavin lives past. No, no, so I don't think so. We're, it's going to be. You'll tear jerker either way, maybe. Don't really care as long as I five lives. But I also do like the idea of um, I five, like them trying to get him drunk too. Um, it was like a very Star Wars thing, but kind of does tie into like the the greater themes as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, because I, I, yeah, it is interesting. He gets his arm ripped off by a Wookiee, of course. Yeah, the they they're playing Dijark in the in the pub later. Just gets mm-hmm. it torn off. Like the the promise of a new hope was fulfilled. There was there was a little another winky moment in this movie or in this book. I can't remember what it was though. But there were a couple points where it was like, hey, remember that thing? <laughs> Here's a reference to it. Nothing, not nearly as bad as like Rogue Squadron or anything. Yeah. But all these mentions of Corellians, and I don't think anyone ever mentions no, odds. No one mentions odds. In either book or tap calves. So really. It all yeah. balances out, but at one point, Den says that he was uh, stationed on Hoth. I'm just thinking, like, why? Like, nothing was there yet. Yeah, exactly. It's like that was the it's point a of Hoth. You know, it's cold, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> like the reason the reason the rebels put their base there is because it's a non-entity. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. There's like Vader's like the guy's like, hey Vader, there there ain't shit here. And he's like, no, there's shit here. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the things that bothers me the most about a lot of the Star Wars stuff, mm-hmm. where like the point of a place like Hoth was that it was a non-entity, but then you get a lot of things that later reference it because it is Hoth now, mm-hmm. and like Evan yeah. is mentioning it in the chat now. Like that—that's kind of the so problem like I talk about. That's the exact, yeah. Where yes. You, that's the thing now, but... but like there's probably a million ice balls um, in the galaxy. Like why, you know, like the only reason they're doing Hoth is because we know what to expect, basically. Yeah. I and... thought of the other one, too. It's the figure and Dan is there. And at one point, um, I think uh, Den says something about, oh, I can totally see them ending up in a spaceport cantina somewhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, that well... is what happened. Look at that. And Uli came from Tatooine, so uh, Cornell. Right. What's Cornell something name? 
I can't remember. Uh, I wrote this down. Cornell Divini. Yeah. Um, did you have any general thoughts about him other than, like, you did mention that he only shows up in the operating scenes with don't really happen very often he does yeah, clean I mean, them all out at sabak once he's a, he's a really he's a super likable character i mean there's just not much depth to him you know mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it, it's fine i like one thing that was weird is the age of the characters like they uh one point um uh joss is something about like the average age of a doctor in human years being 20 to 25 like i was imagining him being a little bit older than that um know what i mean like yeah no doctors in real life for that young um yeah like well, he mentions uli is like looking not a day older than 14 we find out his real age is 19, 19 yeah. uh and so that was after his first year of residency mm-hmm. which would have meant that his residency was from so like, i believe that though because he's 18. like he's supposed to be a prodigy yeah but Joss's age is then supposed to be like in his uh, late twenties, late twenties, three years of but residency, like, also yeah. experience as a doctor before the war. And yeah, I've got friends my age in med school and none of them are, none yeah. of them have been out practicing for multiple years. Well, to be fair now, like in star Wars, it's just, this is the end. You stick them with the back to injection and yeah. don't drown them when you're putting them in the tank. That is That's true. all you need to know. <laughs> I do like the uh I do like the uh they call it what is it on Alderaan they've got the uh like multi species um the hospital zoo. they call like the zoo. Yeah. I thought that was really funny. That's like something I could believe a doctor and like if Star Wars was real I could believe them calling it like that just yeah. because you know. Uh sorry, one of the things with uh with I five getting drunk was uh, when he figures it out finally that he can just change some of his software, <laughs> yeah. uh, Dan is like, uh, he he solves he writes the the algorithm in uh, like zero point six seconds or what or picoseconds, yeah. Yeah. and Dan is like, wow, that was fast. But the lead up to that conversation was Dan getting engaged after his second date. So <laughs> if anything really happened too fast. Yeah, I think Dan, you're not in any position to talk here. <laughs> I didn't even, uh, I didn't even pick up on that. That's hilarious. But uh, I do like how Dan's like hot shit to this like young cute. Uh, I also saved a really funny, a really funny uh, quote from the book. Let me just find it. Oh, here we go. Um... It had been a while since he sat at a table with one of his own species, much less... Or no, sorry. How long had it been since he sat at a table with one of his own species? Much less clapped flaps. (laughs) I know that probably means kissing because they've got the the dew flaps on their mouth, but clapped flaps? Come on. (laughs) The whole time when they're talking about uh, how many wives and husbands and uh, how... A Celestian can always find the way to the nearest bedroom. It's like so much of this book is just Celestian sex caves. And yeah, I was not ready for it. Yeah, like the Celestians, like, like she, because she's like, yeah, you can get engaged and you can like join the family. And it's like, okay, so he's, you get this hot new wife. But it's, it means more than that. Like he's basically be one of the patriarchs and like he'll be, he'll be clapping lots of flaps mm-hmm. from the sounds of it. 
So yeah, it, I wasn't sure uh, for their society whether it was like a big family group of a bunch of males and females or if each so cave had like uh, one male or one female and then a lot of the opposite, like how the group mating works there. It uh, seemed to me like there was kind of like many, uh, yeah, like many men and many fem- many women, yeah. I guess. But like, you know, she's hot. She's described as being hot. I can't imagine a hot Celestin, but she's described as being hot. And um Nine Nub or Nine Nub. So racist. <laughs> um Den Ender. Is like, yeah. So Den is apparently well known on his planet. So he's like in the he's in one of the like uh Chad Cel- uh, Celestin fuck caves. Apparently. Like, <laughs> well he's in <laughs> AR's famous stuff. Fuck cave now, so <laughs> I hope that's how Coruscant Nights ends with him just like pulling open some door and being like, I'm home. Well, <laughs> ladies, your flaps ready. The thing is, we kind of know that uh, he doesn't seem to go back, no, right? he As, doesn't, and, and that's like five. 10 years later, mm-hmm. so he just ditched her, he yep. just straight up ditched her, yep. This guy, yeah, what a yeah. Is is uh is Den thirstier than Corin? No, 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 no. Because okay, Corin was dating a uh, a what's it called? Um, uh, Salonian. Yeah, and Salonians seem to live in Bang Caves too, based on what I remember from um. What yeah, I remember. Much. Yeah, so I'd say Corin probably. He was probably resident Chad for at least a bit if he ever visited the Corellian system. Well, one of the one of the big things I learned about Den from this book or from yeah. doing this is mm-hmm. that he was one of the characters that got a weird drawing in uh, Reader's oh, Companion yes. or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. That <laughs> was one of the most surprising things that happened. Are you able to put it on screen? Uh, I can try... I'm a- I know I'm asking a lot. We've got to save the image and then get a... Yeah, add a... Use OBS, right? Yeah, it's... Oh, wait. Why am I on her? There we go. Okay. Can you also explain to me how Nine Nub is pronounced that way, given the N in his name, the second N? Uh, The last name? Yeah. It's just how it works. <laughs> Nine numb. It's it's Sometimes a it do be like that. <laughs> it's a it's a semi silent. Here we go. There's our boy Dender. <laughs> Let me see. I'm waiting for the screen to update. Oh yeah, dude. I still had the the. Did he appear in Fate of the Jedi or something? <laughs> like, sadly, no. I don't he's think thick so. looking, isn't he? I don't know if this is around the time that. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't want to know where those hands have been. But <laughs> I don't know if this is around the time of uh, MedStar or later on. But did you ever? Um, did you did you watch the boys? No. Okay. 
Because his flaps remind me of a scene from The Boys, but if you haven't watched it, I'm not going to. People in the chat or listening in the comfort of their own home might uh might know the reference. I I already feel disturbed somehow. I don't know. Yeah, you should. It's really disturbing. We should get back on topic. Uh, what what have we not tagline so, for the show? It should be. Um, so basically, the plot is. I feel like we've covered most of it. There's just issues with the Boda. Eventually, they find out that the Boda's um, going bad. Um, and what that means is that the Confederacy is going to launch, who has knowledge of this, is going to launch some big, large-scale attack against the Republic. Um, everything's coming to a head, basically. Um, and Chloe is going to be the one that gives them the information to act on for it. Right. Um and that does end up happening. The Republic manages well. The, the the encampment is fine in the end. Everyone gets off planet. The Republic actually pushes them back, but alas, most of the remaining Boda has been destroyed, or will be going bad anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so ultimately, this miracle drug, which could turn Jedi into Force gods and heal basically different ailments, is no longer a thing. Yeah. And it doesn't, other than just a way to close out the war on this planet and get us and like close out the plot for the, uh, for the book, the, the end of the boat, it doesn't really fact, and even the assault doesn't really factor into much other than, uh, Den's story really, where kind of the thing with the plot between, Dan and ER and Dan and this Boda is that or it's really Dan making the choice of whether he wants to stay as a journalist and focus on the story as his only goal or if he's uh, more concerned about his friends and ER. Uh, Mm -hmm. He does lie to ER when she's leaving. He sleeps in and almost misses her departure and he gets to the line. He's like, Oh yeah. yeah, a big story, big story happened. I had, I was in a meeting. Yeah, terrible. He sounded really Canadian there for a second. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, bud, we gotta just fucking hop on the thing and jet away there, bud. I was going out for a rip, and my boys were like, "Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah." So he's like, he's thinking in that moment, like, "Oh, that was super easy to lie to her. I don't know if she's gonna piss me off later," but <laughs> the Every man asks himself that before getting married. <laughs> Trust me. The... Kelsey, please don't listen to this. It's too late if she's hearing that part. But... Oh, shit. Unless she listens backwards? Yeah, she might. But uh, he's thinking with the story, like he finds out about the Boda going bad from his Ugnaught source, who seems to be like the most knowledgeable person on this yeah. side of the rim sue and he's been clapping cheeks it seems yeah he's got he, the uh the fem knot over in uh, another storehouse <laughs> he's like man she is thick but she talks too <laughs> and so den's choice is basically uh do i break this story and put my friends at risk or do i not and he ultimately decides what he's going to do with the information is just go to his friends and warn them first uh, he doesn't really get a chance to do that, I don't think, because the assault comes in no. beforehand. But that's the but main really, thing. But really, he should have probably let them know first. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah, the, he does have like character development because he he's he's like against his like what he wants. He is a nice guy. Yeah, and, and that kind of fits into what you were talking about with the characters having to make a choice of what they uh, what they decide to value or what they decide to stick to. Mm-hmm. Where uh, Den kind of does decide to be the hero he doesn't want to be, and there was kind of the yeah. the earlier scene between him and Chloe where they're talking about Foji. The yeah. mercenary who Den wanted to expose as just uh, a bad guy, who he then finds out, well, actually, he probably just saved everyone on the planet. Uh, and Den kind of comes to eventually realize that he can be a good guy too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was weird because it did kind of drop the whole idea. Well, what I thought was a big theme last time was the, remember the like idea of warriors and like and like enacting violence um versus um versus healers this book kind of dropped that idea but i guess others kind of jumped in place if of it Mm -hmm. in a way um so it's fine like because it's completely different things but yeah and it's kind of the same thing where there were still some themes of identity that come through the book but the big focus was more on like the the pride and addiction and temptation that like cared with the money barris with the supreme force powers that surpass any sith or jedi we've ever heard of before mm-hmm. uh den use abusing alcohol but also uh does he take the temptation of being like possibly the uh new hotness journalist of the day for breaking this boat in news or does he save his mm-hmm. friends uh and there's also i5 going for alcohol but that was more of a fun just side that was story. Just... Yeah, that was a very Star Warsy, um, yeah, just a very little like. I never thought about that before. Like all a lot of the stuff with the droids, I never thought about it before. Obviously, like you see, I I think the most sentience you get like with droids is like R two because he's, or even C three PO, you know, because they they have personality. But and it, it's interesting how like uh, I five he doesn't have like a desire for to be alive necessarily. Like you'd kind of think a sentient robot would um yeah he's trying to deny that he's sentient as much as possible uh until the end at least I yeah think. until he has like an anxiety attack when he remembers what he's supposed to be doing and then he eventually does accept like no mm-hmm. maybe i maybe i am sentient yeah and i was like yeah we were trying to tell you that and you just wouldn't listen yeah yeah like he's not the on- only sentient robot but he's the one that like most feels like like if you read his dialogue, you could attribute it besides the overt droid reference, and they they kind of make reference to um, the in-universe Turing test they kind of have, right? Um, yeah. And, well, there was uh, also uh, Legus's droid. Oh yeah, um, the six-armed one. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Yeah, I really liked him too. But he's even less so. Like. Because I five does stuff that you'd never really see droids do otherwise, mm. like joke really, or like I guess some do that, but just just like the degree, like he changes his his eye color and stuff, you know. But does I five ever compose a poem about how sexy Han Solo is? No, he doesn't. Yeah, so three PO three PO is like on top still. People are saying they're getting a little bit of audio issues with me. Let me just 
I think it might be on my end. I'm, oh, okay. I've got a red square in OBS a lot of the time right now. For some Ooh, reason. That's funny. You were just ripping on. Oh, no, that time it was you cutting out. Well, I was leaned away from the mic, so. Well, but now, but I got, I got my new wired internet now. No more problems. Now we got janky ass um, host over here. Wow. Not good. Are we just going to start like cannibalizing each other? Yeah. Who's the worst host of Tapcast Transmissions? Nobody answers that. It's definitely that me. I, I never nail the intro. You always do. But like I5 also has an anxiety attack because, I mean, he describes it in a very like droid way and then he's got two different um, objectives basically that countermand each other, but mm-hmm. he basically has an anxiety attack. Uh, yeah, because he he has to fill. He can't desert the military, but he also is supposed to go and watch over Jacks Pavin, the yeah. son of his old companion. Yeah, yeah, I like. <laughs> He's biking. He went from cozy to just straight up jank. <laughs> <laughs> no, the channel's cozy. You're janky. Okay, yeah. that's yeah. that's fine. Uh, but yeah. Uh, anything else with i5? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right, so Barris, He's we haven't character. talked. Yeah, I I'm pro i5. Can't wait for Coruscant nights for more i5. Yeah, but uh, Barris, we haven't really talked too much about. Uh, there's probably a few more things to say here about her. Uh, with or maybe there is. Uh. One of the emails we did just get, and uh, Mike was asking in the chat uh, about how Barris kind of relates here with her later uh, mm. the Clone Wars arc, and I'm less familiar with that. I know generally what happens with her in the in the Clone Wars cartoon, uh, but this I mean, it does kind of tie in because one of the issues she has with the Clone Wars is the scope of what the Jedi are doing during the Clone Wars. Um, so in these books, she kind of deals with one, the role of a healer versus the role of like an aggressor. Um, and she talks in this book about like why the Jedi use lightsabers and like why it's important when you do have to kill um, to do so, like only with with every re- regret possible, basically. And then she also deals with like in this book, the uh, like the ultimate power that like she has the potential to to see so I, I think both of those things play nicely into the her character arc in clone wars which comes obviously much much later um because this is 2004 so yeah very early on and there's actually a lot of uh shade she throws at anakin in this book where it's like yeah. he seemed to be enjoying the fighting too much and there's a few plays where like uh yeah. she kind of downplays how good at the force he should be because yeah uh barris was like raised with it and anakin came in years later mm-hmm uh, yeah, and she's she's a little jealous though too. Yeah, in a way, I do like the beginning. They they have a little moment of like uh, almost like Jedi battle meditation. It's like a flashback, very first chapter, yeah. I think. Uh, that was cool. It reminded me of like Outbound Flight and like some of mm-hmm. the later like Legacy of the Force stuff, or even New Jedi Order stuff. Well, like the the part where they say that um multiple Jedi together are greater than the sum of their parts. They say those exact words. I know they say them about Anakin and Tahiri. Um, 
in I think in Star by Star, but that's also like like they say those exact words, like the two of you together are greater than the sum of your parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say something very similar in Outbound Flight. So that was a very cool, nothing really to do with the rest of the book necessarily, but I thought, I mean, maybe because you can relate that to like how the Rimzu works, but, um, yeah. but yeah. That scene actually did prompt uh, the video I'm putting out tomorrow on lightsaber styles, but nice. or lightsaber combat style, the forms. Uh, but yeah. It was kind of hinting at the thing she'd be chasing all book, the power uh, yeah, that the Boda sure. gives her with like that, just the Jedi working in unison, that connection to the Force, uh, especially that she sees within Luminara and Obi-Wan. Yeah, and all the Masters, really, because she mentions Yoda and Mace Windu. Yeah, too, I think. and it's like that high that she's chasing the entire book. Yeah, yeah. That's why, like, I, I think they still could have done the whole addiction angle if she would have realized... Maybe even after she made the choice that the Boda wouldn't have given her what she wanted anyway. Like, I think the way I would have handled it is I would have had her make the choice not to use the Boda. And then in the later on, have it be figured out that, yeah, this was actually, although you totally believed that the power was there in the end, it was just um, a hallucination or something. Because that's really, you know, how... Yeah, that I think would, that would be even good. be a little bit better because honestly, the main message about like addiction is you ultimately think you're going to gain this thing, just like you think that you're doing the right thing when you tap into the dark side, or or you know like how they're. And this book doesn't really deal with like the true effects of like overindulgence in alcohol yeah. or drugs or anything, but it's just like you know if you take a drug, you might think that you know you're doing it for one reason, but in the end you're probably just tricking yourself, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I guess that that kind of sums up uh, the thing that does make this fall short compared to the previous book to me, is that it never kind of hammers home on those consequences mm-hmm. of their choices quite as much. Like, in Battle Surgeons, uh, with the identity stuff, you got the, the scenes between Joss and 914, yeah. uh, which... It was like there was a clear consequence to Joss's beliefs in those situations and a need for him to confront it. But with the addiction stuff, it's just Barris makes that decision and then she ends up laughing during the assault later because she made a good I don't that was weird. Yeah. Uh and there's Den and Joss and the other characters just like getting like super trashed and gambling all the time. Which right. unless I'm like just mis misunderstanding what the point of the book was supposed to be but it, it never really factors into anything other than this is just a thing that they spend all their time doing and it's supposed yeah. to be kind of a theme but really we're not going to talk about it yeah and like they drink a lot like it's basically like every waking moment basically they're at the canteen it doesn't really touch on the effects of that and if anything it it presents it in like a positive way i would say because well, almost Joss does talk like Joss is drunk during some of the operating theater True. stuff and neg- like that and his mental state with Tolk uh, do negatively impact his performance a few times. And I think one of those directly causes the death of a patient. I didn't really uh, feel like that was about him drinking, though. I mostly no, felt it, that was it was like the addiction. Sleep and... like, yeah, but it, it's all sort of like the the loss part and then the addiction was kind of how they were poorly coping with that. Yeah. So with, with that, it was like Tolk was gone. He had lost mm-hmm. Tolk 
and now this was how he was coping and it was poorly. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that makes sense. Um and he does I guess he does have that one moment too where he's um he's in his room and he's like looking at his face and he's like, holy shit, I look like crap. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, so any anything else you want to talk about with with uh with the overall MedStar experience? No, I just I just really, really liked it. Um mm-hmm. I'm actually going to when we write the books, I'm gonna change where number one is. It's getting a boot it's getting oh, a bump up. Boy. Yeah. Uh yeah. so uh, yeah, we're, I guess we'll go straight into the book rankings now. If anyone has any questions they want to get into us, we do have uh, two emails we got for this week. If you want to send in your thoughts on uh, this episode or our next episode, we are going to be doing the Thrawn trilogy next, starting with Heir mm-hmm. to the Empire, uh, mm-hmm. or Heir, Heir to the Empire. It's uh, actually Hair to the Empire? It's actually Hair, colon, <laughs> to the Empire. Uh, <laughs> like the... <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, so send those to tapcaftransmissions at gmail.com. This is the big one, guys. Uh, this is this is really what everyone's been waiting for. It's all going to be downhill yeah. after Last Command. Wait, but, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you guys do want to, by the way, this you can get the Thrawn trilogy on Unabridged Audiobook. I really highly recommend it um, because like, you can get them the modern 20th anniversary edition on audiobook. Um, it's by Mark Thompson, the guy who does most, well, not most, but a lot of the current audiobooks. It's really, really well done. Highly recommend. Um, and that way, like, I know a lot of you guys don't have time to sit down and read weekly. Um, like I even find trouble too. And it's like, I consider it part of my job. Uh, but audiobooks you can listen to, you know, on the way to work or, you know, whenever. So consider that. And you can rent them at your library sometimes too. Yeah. So uh yeah mike had asked earlier if we listen to the audiobooks or read the books we read the books for this you also generally listen to the audiobook right? yeah for most of them i listen to the audiobooks i didn't get a chance to for this one um but it would have been the audiobook for this would have been i think only three hours it would have been short um uh yeah. but yeah so you want to go first for book rankings i'll go over your yeah. current listing and then you said you wanted to make an edit so yeah uh your first place is Plagueis. Second is Rogue Squadron. Third is Back to War. Four is MedStar Battle Surgeons. Five is Wedge's Gamble. Six is Iron Fist. Seventh is Courtship of Princess Leia. Eight is Wraith Squadron. Ninth is Solo Command. Tenth is Truce of Akura. Eleventh is Kratos Trap. So what moves are we making here? I'm putting Kratos at number one. <laughs> no. uh, I'm actually going to move uh, MedStar, I think, up to number three. All right, so it's swapping with Back to War. Yeah, back to war is being put down. Um, Jesus. Yeah, it has a family. Not anymore. It doesn't. And then, I'm, I guess I'm not a hundred percent sure. I went back and forth on this because at some points, I think when I read this the first time, I was going to, or when I read it immediately afterwards, I was going to put MedStar Two right after MedStar One. But yeah. you did kind of convince me on a lot of things, so I think. It will go right above Iron Fist. All right, so it is now taking slot six for mm. you. Yeah, and I'll read yours out. So Corey's as it stands: um, Plagueis, Medstar, Iron Fist, Wraith Squadron, Back to War, Rogue Squadron, Solo Command, Wedge's Gamble, Courtship, Trucipakura, Krytos. Where do you uh, fit this book in? 
So yeah, I, I kind of had the same situation where after my first reading of it, I did have a higher opinion of it probably than I do now. Uh, and it's again, not that I think it's a bad book. It's just the, uh, I do feel like the plot ended up being a bit flimsier than how I felt it was when I was reading it the first time. Mm-hmm. And arguably that first impression matters more, but with all of them, I had to go through and make notes yep, and I didn't course. have the same experience with any of the other ones. So I... I can't really discount that. And again, these aren't like a definitive objective ranking, we think, for how good the books are. This is just how like our our own personal rankings. You'll notice they are both different for each of us other than... Mine is correct. Yes. So send in any complaints you have with our, our rankings on DM, on Twitter, to at Eckhart's Ladder. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... I, okay. I it's still definitely top half for me. Mm-hmm. I think I'm probably gonna put it in at number five. So between okay. Race Squadron and Back to War for me. So as much as I've been the one talking it down for yeah, you, and you've been the one talking it up, I've got it higher on the rankings. <laughs> yeah. But uh Yeah, so that is that is what I'm doing right now. And it looks like I'm texting right now. I'm this is it's my notes. Uh, You're not driving, really. We don't give a shit. Sorry, what? Who said that? Never mind. I'm gonna read. Uh, I'm gonna read one of the emails. Um, this one's from Callum, and he says, "Dear Corey and Eck, here are my thoughts on the MetaStar duology." Do we want to read passages... this first part, or is that just for us? Do we want to send that message on the podcast? No, let's read it. Yeah. Okay. The passages in which Barris took the Boda. Reminds me of how I felt when I took LSD once. Don't do drugs, kids. And I think that's definitely what it was going for. Yeah. And that's why I assumed that it was um, uh, not an actual... I, I thought it was more of a spiritual journey rather than something physically happening. Um, so I love the way in which the duology was grounded. It was a grounded take on the war. Uh, I like the small New Hope mirrors in the story. Uh, the new character, Cornell, would get later transferred to Death Star 1, operate on Admiral Dahl, and take care of Leia after her interrogation, but defected to the Alliance during the Battle of Yavin. I was surprised and chuffed to have him appear just after reading Death Star and before reading this duology. Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, we, we both kind of talked about the uh, the character tie-ins for Death Star for Course on Nights. Now we're looking forward, more forward to those books than we were before. Cornell, uh, so, by the way, is Uli. We, yeah. We've been calling him Uli. Yeah. But yeah, uh, but yeah. So that was, I agree. The I yeah. it makes me want to read those books more than I did. Me before, too. And that's Death Star is really really, really good. Thing. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, by the way, guys, I'm not depressed. I just I can't. I'm a little sick. Mm. I am depressed, but not that doesn't come through in my voice. Wow. <laughs> we need to get Chloe in here. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's not. Okay. Uh. So we do have a question in the chat, and we did get a okay. second email we'll get to in a second, but uh, from USS Chicago 1943. Is there a Star Wars book that is similar to All Quiet on the Western Front? Uh, that's a good question. Because that would be kind of interesting, something that is purely the war experience kind of deal. I, I haven't seen yeah. All Quiet on the Western Front for a while, but I, I'm pretty sure that's what that was. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a book too. It's yeah, yeah. Like the enthusiast. So basically, if I am remembering the book right for in the movie for anyone who's uh, 
who's unfamiliar. It's a uh, World War One or One, mm-hmm. uh, and it's about kind of the recruitment of the uh, late high school age kids into the into the war effort and kind of their experience going through the war. But can't really think of much that would be like that. Um... There are books that deal with like the trauma of war, I think. Um like a lot of the stuff some of like the Yuzhan Vong stuff and later deals with that, the trauma. Um, yeah. like a lot of the Tahiri stuff, I guess, but I can't really think of anything that's really quite like that. Yeah, a lot of the Star Wars stuff stays with the like high fantasy focusing on the important super powered characters, high politics, all that. Uh, yeah. And MedStar is fairly rare in how it addresses these, uh, like, just everyday characters. And that mm-hmm. would kind of be one of the criteria I'd have for an All Quiet on the Western Front style situation. Yeah. Maybe Republic Commando? Yeah, but that's still that, super that, that's soldiers, actually what I was going to say. Um... But... And there's, like, elements of that in Rogue Squadron even, but... yeah. But it, it's kind of, yeah. I'd say like Rogue Squadron itself and Wraith Squadron. So like the first yeah. books with them yeah, when they're I just agree. kind of getting into it. I think that would be the closest. That or maybe like Republic Commando because that's the closest. But they're all still very combat focused. Um, yeah. Those would yeah, be my... Know. Good question though. Yeah. Yeah, definitely good question. Thanks for... Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for it. Uh, and thanks to Calvin for writing it. Yeah, so we have another set of questions from uh, Jacob. Okay. Who is asking, what did you think of some of the technology described in these books? I found the REM sleep cycle compressor to be interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was cool, too, because they like they, they don't get to... Basically, it's like a lot of it was stuff that a, a doctor would wish they could have. Um there's the sleep cycle thing where they can, I mean, it comes with drawbacks, but you can essentially put some, get more rest out of quick naps. Um, that was cool. There's, they got something similar that removes hangovers, but again, decreased efficiency after time. Um, they have a, uh, they have lots of, lots of cool stuff with like the medicine, like they have like sterilization fields and stuff, which is really cool. Um, it definitely takes that, a bit more of a sci-fi approach to the to the stuff they're using than Star Wars often does, uh, yeah, which I, I think was more like overall. future Earth sci-fi too. Yeah. And um, kind of the the main thing that did was to contribute to the world building, which the the books do really well. Yeah. Uh, so I tended like there wasn't any individual thing that stuck out to me really, but just the the net effect I I thought was cool. The shield, the idea of the shield was pretty cool too. Yeah. Um, it's like always looming over them. We didn't really talk about the spore as much either, but that was kind of an interesting. The planet itself kind of has like a like its own life to it. Um, they're kind of always battling against it. Mm-hmm. The shield kind of takes an interesting role in that. Um, but yeah, it was yeah, it was pretty cool. I like I like most of it. Uh, the second question here, the bird purse. So the next two questions we kind of answered the, the seconds about whether Caird shows up anymore, uh, and I believe he is in Coruscant Nights. Uh, and the third was about uh, how well does Barriss's arc retroactively fit into her Clone Wars story, which we kind of talked about a little earlier. Yep. Yeah, so thank you, Callum, Jacob, and USS Chicago for the questions there. 
Uh, and again, for anyone who wants to send in questions for Heir to the Empire or anything about uh, MedStar 2 after listening to this episode, you can send that to tapcaftransmissions at gmail.com. Yep. And we will, I'm sure this next Heir to the Empire stream, all, all three Thrawn streams will probably be much longer, I would imagine. Um, yeah. Corey and I will probably talk off stream to figure out some stuff, you know, and make it because I kind of consider a lot of what we've been doing up to now, even though it's been what 12 episodes, is almost like a trial run because, yeah, um, Thrawn is huge, obviously. Yeah, the uh, one of the big things of advice that people often give with podcasts like record five episodes and don't release them, we didn't do that, we recorded yeah. 11 episodes and released them all. Uh, yeah. so we're, we're getting a better idea, I think, of what works and what doesn't, and it kind of does yeah. depend on. Uh, the individual books as well, but we'll mm-hmm. we'll we'll try to go all out with uh, with the Thrawn trilogy and yeah, we don't have any uh, guests lined up either, but we might look into it. Um, so if there's somebody you guys would like to see, let us know. But no promises. It might just be Corey and I. Yeah, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. No. Nope. All right. Well. Uh, that is MedStar Two. So I am going to try to get better at getting the audio podcast out on more consistent days. I'm going to try to aim for Sundays, uh, Saturdays or Sundays, because usually on weekends, I'm not at my computer and it's I get Orgies, back Sunday afternoon every weekend. I'm not a Celestian. <laughs> You're Salonian, I know. So either I'm going to try to get the edits done uh, on right after we record the podcast or more likely it'll be Sunday afternoons as the standard. They'll, they should definitely be out by Sunday afternoons though. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch this one not come out until much later, but I should be like, I'm supposed to be doing half of them and I've just kind of not. So that's part. It's, it's mostly my fault. It's like not at all Corey's fault. He's being way too nice about it. Well, I didn't want to, yeah. I didn't want to call you out like that on the air, but Way she goes, bud. Way she goes. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, make sure to send us your emails to tapcaftransmissions at gmail.com. Tell your friends that if they haven't read Air to the Empire, you can do so with a bunch of nerds and they can talk about it. Yeah. So Until the next, next one time. will be on uh, Eckhart's Ladder on yeah. Thursday, November 21st, I believe. Yep. So thanks again, everyone. See ya. Good night. <laughs>